0: Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 26 of Bleeding Blue and the New York football. Giants have defeated the Bears of Chicago in thrilling fashion, by a score of 30-27 to in overtime. This game was certainly a tale of two halves, consisted of unlikely heroes and the Giants continuing to impress in the department of finding new and exciting ways to try and lose football games. But nevertheless, a win is a win. They found a way to win a football game that they typically would find a way to give away. So, without further ado, let's bleed. Blue. that's right that's right that's (laughs) how that that goes that's how that goes i i have an idea for a future intro but we can talk about that later cool it's gonna it it involves me singing which i do often on this podcast okay um welcome back welcome back welcome back welcome back um housekeeping items follow me on twitter at jpenick 74 follow david at on twitter at david double underscore powers Give the podcast five stars if you really like us because we really want to get those five star ratings up. We're sitting at fifteen. I want to get it up. Um, so if you really like <laughs> us, give us the thumbs up, give us the ratings, and write a review. Um, if you said. don't, if you don't like us, what did I say? What did I say? You have to tell me what I said.
1: I really want to get it up. Oh, <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. I yikes! Yikes! Oh boy, I really want to get it up. Okay, um, or or if you really want to give, or if you really want to get it down, if you really want to get down with the David, okay, um, you, you bleeding need to stop. bleeding blue after dark right now, bleeding blue after dark. If you really don't like us because you just hated all of the inappropriate things that I said without any kind of inappropriate intention, then please give us one star and tell me why you hate me. Okay, um, so uh, David, we're gonna get. How, how are you doing today? Tell us where your mindset. Tell us where your brain is entering into this podcast.
1: Um, I'm in good shape. I'm doing pretty well. Um, so it's today, Tuesday. Yes. Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah, yeah. Tuesday after a win, feeling good. You know, feeling refreshed. Got a nice haircut, unlike your haircut.
0: Um, Ooh, mine's doing I, better
1: though. Yeah, you're, it's growing back. It's growing back. <laughs> I'm seeing
0: in a while. I know, I know. We didn't record last week because life is insane. End of semester things are insane. It's even insane right now. But I'm here. We're doing it. Where my mind and where my brain is right now is that it's in a million different places. I'm probably going to be talking like this, this fast for the rest of the episode. I'm yeah, frantic
1: I, right now. I, feel I like. may
0: not make any sense. I will make zero sense, but you it's going to be fun. I never do make sense. This is true. This is very true. So uh, the Giants won. The Giants won. Uh, David, what? give me your general reactions coming from this football game.
1: Really good game. Um, like just from an NFL fan perspective, it was a fantastic game. Um, good fight, obviously, by the Bears. That's a very good team. And I've seen people... Um, you know, uh, trying to discount the Giants effort because it was Chase Daniel as a backup quarterback and how many like bad quarterbacks are they going to play? And the point is, I mean, it's an excellent football team outside of uh, the quarterback, the Chicago Bears are. And also, I watched that same Chase Daniel play pretty well on Thanksgiving against the Lions, who were no slouch um, of, of a team. So. I, I mean, I understand if they had Trubisky, I, the the outcome may have been a lot different. I'm not sure, but I think the Giants just made enough plays to win to win a football game against a very good team. Um, and speaking to your intro, especially, I mean, there were so many opportunities for them to just fold. Uh, you know, when you piss away a game the way they did at the end, to then still get the ball to start to, to start overtime and rip off a 30 yard run just like that first play of overtime. And do what you have to do to get the ball into field goal range, get your field goal? And then the defense. I mean the defense hadn't gotten a stop for quite some time in that game, and um, you know they, they made the play when they had to. And, and also let's not forget, it took a lot of a lot of fortunate bounces for the bears to even get to that point. You know there were they had to recover, I think two fumbles at different times throughout the entire uh, you know those last couple of fourth, fourth quarter drives. Took an onside kick, taking some a weird bounce. We can we'll probably get into Adele more about the whole. Did he give enough effort? Did he not?
0: Um, I care zero. I care zero. I give zero care about that. I oh, care. I
1: don't. I think it's being completely overblown. But I, I, we can get into it.
0: I didn't even. I didn't even but, know that it was being overblown. But okay. Oh, it is. It is. Trust me. Oh Jesus! And then
1: I think also what's getting overlooked also is, is pass interference call on BW Webb in the back corner of the end zone on third and. Third down from like the eight yard line. So just an awful call. But despite all of it, they still managed to to make finally make enough plays to beat a very good
0: football team. Awesome. You mentioned the uh, you mentioned the quarterbacks a little while ago. Chase Daniels, who I think is a candidate to be a possible bridge quarterback for the New York football giants next year. Possible. Possible. I said possible. We're talking um, about bridge
1: quarterbacks here?
0: Are you serious? Bridge, bridge quarterbacks, yeah, why not? So here are the uh, quarterbacks the Giants have beaten the last two years. Uh, I've
1: seen this on Twitter. I can't wait. No, I mean,
0: no, I'm not even – I'm not even like – I don't really have like an opinion towards this. But, you know, it's just an important thing to know. 2017, Trevor Simeon, Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins. 2018, Deshaun Watson, the Giants were the last team to beat the Houston Texans. Did the Texans lose this past Sunday? No, No, they won. Giants were the last team to beat the Houston Texans. Go us. Nick Mullins, (laughs) Ryan Fitzpatrick, Chase Daniels. So, I mean –
1: you also know. Ryan Fitzpatrick slash Jameis Winston. Just going to throw that in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, like, also put half against each of them. And also and James we're going to be uh, them apart. Yeah. And also, well, I mean, it's, it's tough to, it's tough because the giants didn't game plan for Jameis Winston to come into the game. So exactly. there's, yeah. there's certain, there's certain dynamics that were present in that Buccaneers game where you game plan for a certain offense and you game plan for certain personnel. And then when that changes, you can't really say "Oh, the giants defense folded or they sucked, you know? So whatever. Um, and we're going to be playing Mark Sanchez next week. So uh, yee-haw, yee-haw, um, really makes last week's loss hurt a lot more. But anyway, over and done with, um, I want to do something different. You, J- David, you were kind of talking about how the Giants didn't fold, how they there was plenty of opportunities. There were plenty of things going against them. Um, you can also argue that there were plenty of reasons why they could have just sealed the game, um, you know, with about two minutes and 20 seconds left, B.W. Webb forced a fumble and 24 to 14 and then they held the ball even you know going into the 2 minute warning it was 27 14, it was 27-17 with a 10 point lead with around 2 minutes to go you expect a football team to hold yes. the lead yeah so tomato tomato giants didn't fold but also at the same time they have done certain things that would typically make them lose football games in the past but anyway we're going to get to talking about the culture and how Pat Shermer bringing in a different, a different mentality and a different culture to this team, and I guess maybe David can argue whether if that's Pat Shermer or whether that's some of the players, or because I know I'm a big Pat Shermer guy, and I want to hear David's thoughts, especially looking at the dichotomies between last week and this week. But new segment I want to start on Bleeding Blue for the Giants episodes. I want to give out game balls. Let's do it. Game. <clears throat> balls the balls of the football game David I want you to go first and then also we're going to have some honorable mentions too we'll mention some honorable mentions because football is a team sport David who gets your game ball
1: so this is that was a beautiful segue Justin and I want to let the viewers know we did not talk about how we were going to like you know we didn't we didn't talk about how we were going to format exactly when we were going to do our game ball segment we never did but that was, that was a beautiful segue. You just talked about you're a big Pat Schirmer guy, and you didn't know exactly my feelings where I was with him. And <clears throat> I struggled a bit to think about who my game ball was going to because I went back and forth a bit. I thought for a little while, Saquon Barkley, because um, I thought he had a very good day on the ground uh, against a very good run defense. But I was especially thinking about him because of that twenty-yard run at the very end of the half, basically set them up to kick the the fifty-seven-yarder, which really I I think turned the tide a little bit. As much as a field goal at the end of the game at the end of the half can, it really really at least made them feel like they could they could put points up finally.
0: Yeah, you want to talk about a turning point in a in a football game. You know, especially. Oh my God, the first half was terrible. I was, I was very, I was very. I haven't been that upset over watching a half of football in a very, very long time. But if you want to talk about a turning point in a football game, first of all, Chicago's head coach calling a timeout with twenty seconds to go. I, I don't understand the logic behind that. But Saquon Barkley um, found you know a big hole and then. You know they 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 kicked that field goal and that was huge. That was absolutely huge. That was a turning point in that game. With that, that, they don't win that football game.
1: In that um, in that little stretch of that little series there, from you know so Eli gets sacked right, and then so at least I think it was a third and twenty three, and the, and it turns into a fourth and one, fourth and two, thanks to the effort of Saquon Barkley. I also what well, gets lost in the fold, and I know people are gonna say, oh, this is just an Eli supporter supporting Eli, but the next play was not a field goal. With six seconds left, Eli had to drop back, put a ball on the money to, I think it was Red Ellison Mm -hmm. on the sideline to get them into field goal range to then allow Rosas to kick a field goal. So just don't want to forget that either. But so, yeah, I was thinking Saquon for that run in particular, but also the run at the the beginning of overtime, and he just really turned it up in the second half. Um, But then I I thought, eh, I don't know if I can give it to Saquon. You got to get to the offensive line, right? They – they controlled a very a solid front seven. Khalil Mack really didn't do much of anything. And I thought Khalil Mack was going to have a career day for an already impressive career. And I didn't really see much. But I think I've decided to give my game ball to Pat Shermer. And, and the, the whole point of this episode is the culture. This is a team that's learning how to win. And they're, they're learning how to win again. They're, they, and their core players are still relatively young. And you look at Sterling Shepard, you look at o- Odell Beckham. there has been a lot of losing in their career so far. You know, they both went to the playoffs that, in, in 20, 16. 2016. But you and I both know, we, watched, we, we watch every game. You and I both know that team, that team was not built on offense. That team was all about their defense. They didn't score points. So this is an offense. These are offensive weapons who haven't really experienced what it's like to win a game for your team. Odell Beckham is obviously the exclusion. I think, you know, he wins himself for once in a while, but Pat Shermer has kept this team together. I I, I remember, and I've, I've mentioned it before on this podcast last year. I don't remember what week it is. We can easily look it up. Rams came into town. Yeah, Rams mm-hmm. came into town flying high, you know, same just as dominant as they are this year. And I believe the final score of that game was 51-14. I was at the game. It was the worst game I'd e- I think I had ever seen the Giants put. I think it was by far the worst deficit I had ever seen them suffer. That was when the writing was clear on the wall that McAdoo was gone. The team had quit on him. The team didn't want to play anymore. That was the closest thing to tanking I think you could ever see in the NFL. Th- this week, you have the Bears coming to town. Bears are also flying high. They're a very good, they're a very good football team. Coming in at 8-3, they had won five in a row. Um, obviously missing uh, Trubisky. But first play of the game, pick six, or second play of the game, I'm sorry, second play of the game, pick six, by a much maligned linebacker who really has only turned his play up in the last two weeks, um, or three weeks, because he actually was horrible against the Eagles. Defense came out firing the offense. Obviously, Spartan w- was, was non-existent in the first half, but he managed to do something with their game plan, a little bit made some kind of a, an in-game adjustment and all of a sudden they were able to move the ball offensively in the second half. Um, so my game ball is going to go to Pat Shermer. He, he, he kept this team believing. He has kept this team believing. So the point is everybody understands that that this is not the team going to the playoffs. I jokingly uh, Justin tweeted at you with uh, the playoff scenario for the Giants, how they, how they get in, and they are right now one for one in that scenario. They needed the Eagles to win last night, and they did. Just saying, but uh, we both understand that's more than likely not happening. But Pat Schirmer has managed to get this team to realize that it's not about the draft and it's not about you know trying to look ahead to next season. This is a this is a this is a team where you you can finish this year eight and eight, and you can finish this this season with building blocks for next year, which I happen to think is a good thing. Even though you and I have, might disagree on that every once in a while, because um, these like seven and nine, eight and eight seasons are exactly what. Your you say has gotten us in this hole, but Pat Shermer game ball,
0: very well said. Pat Thank Shermer you. was uh, third on my list of game balls today. Oh. He was third. um You know, a couple couple of the things that I that I you know that I want to take away, and then there's also a really good quote that he had after the game as well. The play call to start the half, I mean, you know, having Odell Beckham Jr. toss his second touchdown pass. Of the season and he's the only player in nfl history to have a thousand receiving yards and multiple touchdown passes on on a season which is pretty cool oh. you mentioned saquon saquon broke the rookie rushing record for the giants so congratulations to saquon barkley so we're breaking records over here david but oh yeah the play call to start the half and apparently i heard that pat Shermer called the final play of the game on mm-hmm. defense that Janoris That's Jenkins that Janoris Jenkins knocked down knocked down Chase Daniels's pass, which I mean coming from Diner menu, I only run the offense McAdoo to a coach to an offensive coach that has enough control and has enough confidence to make that call and that scenario. Um, and also at the same time, relying on your players producing. A coach has to feel confident enough in the plays that he calls that whether they're aggressive to the point where you want your players to produce or if your play calling style is conservative because you don't believe in the players that you have, right? So, hey, that that's, you know, I don't know who it came from, but I'm sure that must have made – Everybody on the defense, and especially Janoris Jenkins, feel good since he's the one that made the play and he's the one that made it happen. So, here's the quote that Pat Shermer said after the game that I really wanna that I really wanna highlight. The takeaway is, and I told the team this: I'll keep the swear words out of it. Some people are fond of talented people. Some people are fond of smart people. I'm fond of tough, resilient people. When you're trying to flip culture, when you're trying to build something, you've got to really dig in on that. There was some toughness and some resiliency. It would have been easy to cave when they came back. An 8-3 and three team came back, tied us up. They had a little bit of juice. They had a little bit of mojo. But our guys found a way to put points on the board and then stop them at the end. I'm fond of toughness and, re- and resilience. Our, and our team showed that today. So uh, a few weeks back um, on our, on our um, Ethics of Tanking episode that we had, which really wasn't uh i i don't think it was a call for for or against tanking i uh, i i had a feeling i mean feelings change every single week as fans uh and that's really what i want i want this i want this is a fan podcast we're not analysts we're not beat reporters so really the pulse of the fan base that's what i really want this to be so at the time you know th- You know, we, I think we still are somewhat of a bad football team. I mean, put, put us up against a a starting quarterback, you know, and let's, let's see how we can do neither here nor there. Um, a few weeks back on our ethics of tanking episode, we towards the end of the episode and David, this is at the point where you were not there with us, but Brett and I were talking about identity and a team's identity. And the fact that the giants just have not had an identity, um, which we really should have talked about sooner in the episode when bringing up tanking. Um, And basically giants have been approaching seasons like they are the Patriots, right? These past few seasons, we've been approaching seasons. Like we're the Patriots. We're all in win now, blah, blah, blah. When they're a whole, when they're a whole lot closer to the Browns, like in, in retrospect, like we are as a football team, we are closer to the Browns as a franchise than we are to the Patriots. Like right now, I'm not saying our history, you know, obviously, because four Super Bowl wins and how many Hall of Famers and whatever. But they've tried to build an offense with skill positions, but they preach to the choir. And again, franchise history, you know, you look at the the tough, gritty offensive linemen, right? So we're trying to build a team with skill position players, but we preach to the choir about how, you know, Dave Gettleman with the hog mollies and all that kind of stuff. You can go on and on about the, how this team has lacked an identity and consequently has struggled in the team culture department. I think that's I think that's fair, but I was kind of really flipped this this past weekend, and I would have been flipped last weekend if, if you know against the Eagles. I feel like if we really finished and executed there, but I, I'm I'm kind of flipped where as I've become more of like a baseball fan, I've been very analytical and I've been like you know numbers and getting into baseball analytics and all that kind of stuff. But really what really makes a football team is exactly what Pat Schirmer said. And you were getting at it as well. It's the culture. It's a winning culture. Why do you think the Patriots can just really plug anybody in offensive line, defensive line, wide receiver, running back, they could plug anyone in and just shit out 12 wins. <laughs> they they shit it they just shit out 12 11 12 13 wins every single year afc championship appearances every single year it's because they have a winning they have a winning culture so you can get all analytical as you want in terms of putting yourself in the best position to win and that's in the draft but what really is putting yourself in the best position to win creating a winning culture and creating that mentality or losing and putting yourself in a p- position like numerically. Um, so I was kind of flipped. I was kind of flipped this week.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I wasn't so much flipped because I think I, in in my heart, I feel like I knew or I, I truly believed that this kind of a game you know, this past Sunday was, was in this team. It was, they were capable of it. They have the talent. They have, they all have the heart. Again, go back to my point from earlier about the Rams game last year. You walked into that game and you knew they weren't winning because like you were saying, the team had no identity. They had, they, they seemed to have no pride in the fact that they were a three-win team. This team... I, I just get a different feeling from watching them every week. They compete. They really do compete. They just haven't made enough place to win. And now we can, you can put that on whoever you can, you know, last week I tend to put it on Pat Shermer. I think Pat Shermer had the worst game of his season against the, uh, against the Eagles. I think he called a terrible game. And I think his coaching adjustments ultimately adjusted us into a loss.
0: And who do you think I blame for that game?
1: And i'm pretty sure you blame D. Eli manning yeah yeah, yeah. So, so i mean there are multiple perspectives. perspectives there are mo- and, and i'm and i also you know we didn't have an episode about last week so i i'm i feel comfortable talking about this really really quick you know we you and i texted about this uh right after the game happened or during the game and i said everyone is talking about a missed two point conversion in the first quarter and an interception at the end of the the first half, you can't sit here and tell me that when you dominated the way you did in the first half, that those potentially five points really should have made a big difference. They shouldn't have. It shouldn't have made a difference whether we had those points because had things continued the way they were, if we hadn't just stopped giving the ball to Saquon Barkley, we were going to win by a lot more than five points. That was my perspective on the situation.
0: Right. But at the same so, time, the Giants had 350 yards in the first half and were on pace for 700 yards. So for you, so for anybody to think that that pace would continue, I think is a little lunacy. Of course not. But yeah, neither course here nor not. there. Neither but, here. Nor but there.
1: also, you can use that same argument and say they had 3 350 yards, but only 19 points. You imagine if you actually get the ball in the end zone on two of those on another one of those possessions, you're You've got more points already, if that makes sense. Well, any this
0: is that, that's been a problem that the Giants have had, no matter Whoa. what the coach, no matter what Absolutely. the coach. You know, Absolutely. the fact that the fact that we just had a football game and it was 27 17, where we forced and well, first before it was 27 17, we forced a turnover, turnover with two minutes and 20 seconds left. It was 24 14, and we couldn't find a way. I mean, you know, I guess I was duped enough to believe that a field goal would be enough to seal the game. But definitely, you know, if you score if there are no questions ask, if you score a touchdown there and you make it 31-14, the game, game is up. over. But Absolutely. it was in and it was inside the 20-yard line too. I'm not talking about BW Webb didn't force the fumble at the 40-yard line. It was inside the 20-yard line. So Oh yeah, they 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 I think took off 30
1: seconds. They took 30 seconds off the clock and went six yards backwards. Right. right. But I we're mean, no, but we're agree. ragging
0: on but we're ragging on we're ragging on things that I feel like we're kind of we're kind of losing the point. But Pat Shermer has squeezed, in, in my opinion, you, you think that there's talent on this football team. I think there's talent. I think there's young talent on this football team. But Pat Shermer has squeezed every single possible thing, especially these last few weeks. He squeezed every single thing that he possibly could, and he's going to continue to, every single thing that he possibly could out of this football team and out of certain players, and I think including Eli Manning including Eli Manning. He has squeezed yeah, okay. so, that, so many me, good things out of him.
1: Let me ask you this, because it wouldn't be an episode if we didn't talk about Eli really quick. Oh, Jesus. I don't I, to... No, this is a... I'm really curious to get your opinion on this, because you know where I stand, right? I said a couple weeks ago, and, and I, I told you I was really hoping we had... I, I was really disappointed we weren't, weren't able to get an episode going um, for last week's game, because coming into this Sunday... I was extremely intrigued by this game. I could not wait for this Sunday because in my opinion, this Sunday was now that the season is over, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, the season's over. I was really, really excited to see how the Giants offense played against this defense. In my opinion, it was the biggest game of the year for the Giants offense. And I w- you were mentioning earlier how you were, you, you were more upset with the game than you had been in a long time in the first half, as was I. Because I was feeling great about the Giants offense coming in, and they just couldn't do a thing in the first half. And then, second half came along, and huh, look at that. We gave the ball to Saquon Barkley a couple of times, and he made a couple plays, and we actually had some nice run blocks and you know we we have we got guards pulling. we have we have tight ends running over Khalil Mack we have Simonson we've Simonson running over Khalil Mack we have running lanes this is beautiful we have play action pass we're we're hitting guys this is great explain to me how exactly you can talk about Chase Daniel you can talk about the fact that they played Trevor Simeon last year and they Play uh, Nick Mullins this year, and you can talk about all oh, the four and eight. And you can talk about all this, but I'm sorry. In the last couple of weeks, and even if you put last, even if you put last week and a couple of mistakes on Eli Manning, and, and you put the blame primarily primarily on Eli Manning's shoulders, I don't see a quarterback at this point that is quote unquote holding this team back. I understood that argument. You know, week 6, week 5 when they could not do a thing offensively and they and Eli was just throwing the ball into the ground, was tripping over his own feet. I understood that. But now I don't no, I don't believe Eli Manning's a quarterback anymore who is going to throw for 400 yards and I and some people believe that you need
0: that at this point. I don't I think well he has. That's the thing, David. He's putting up the best numbers in his entire career. The completion percentage is the best. The passer rating is the best. He's throwing for a lot of yards. Maybe the touchdowns aren't there, but the yards and everything is and there. The touch-
1: and the touchdowns in the last couple of games have been there. So I think my point, my my question to you is I don't I, I don't know if it's if it's really fair anymore. I'm no, I'm not saying Eli is gonna be here for five years. I'm not stupid. I'm I I never believed that. My whole point with Eli Manning, Manning, and you can go a couple of episodes back and, and listen to this, my, my belief of Eli was I think he is done for this team. I don't think he works for this team anymore. I think he can go somewhere else and be very successful because I don't think he's done. But this isn't the right fit anymore. This team's not good enough for him, and he needs a better team than this. He's not good enough to carry them on his back. But what you're seeing in the last couple of weeks is nobody's asking him to, and looking at that, they're winning games. They're winning games. They're be- now they've they've beat a very good defense. They ran all over the number two ranked defense in the league, and that's not directly on Eli, but it's you know it's a give and take. You know that you run the ball and the run works sometimes because they're afraid you're going to throw to Odell, right? And then, well, and yeah. then the pass starts yeah. working because they because they've been beat by Saquon so many times. This is a team that looks good. So. I don't know how obsessed with anymore I am with you got to get into the top 5 you got to be able to get Herbert if if he, if he comes out of the draft if he doesn't you got to be able to get Will Greer I, I don't know anymore
0: Yeah I I don't yeah because again you know you're kind of jostling and your and fans are at least I mean myself you know we're kind of in this situation where We want, you know, again, you want to create this winning culture, but also at the same time, there's this macro big picture idea and you see what works in the NFL. You see that getting a quarterback in the top five, cough, cough, Jared Goff, cough, cough, Carson Wentz, and then how rare it is to get guys like Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, if you even want to consider him a franchise guy how rare it is to get you know, Tom Brady, how rare those guys come to just say, oh, we can find somebody else later in the draft to see what's been winning in the NFL um, recently. So again, there's that macro picture. And then they're like, there's this micro idea of let's create the winning culture. It feels good to win. You know, it feels good. Like you feel good. Your week is good. It's nice to see. So uh, it's these competing narratives. And I've, So I, I'm glad I'm glad you're on the same page with me. That just Eli Manning is just not right for this team. Because again, the definition of of insanity. It's just getting to a point where I think we have more than shown that the Giants are the definition of insanity. They've gotten rid of the GM. They've gotten rid of two different head coaches they're on their third head coach with Eli Manning in his career especially well not even in his career these last uh how many years you know what five third head coach in 5 years so the definition of insanity who's the last one that has to go before we can try to make something worse and work and that's him so do you think do you think at this point that Eli is still holding them back i mean they're winning football games so well, i can't so, i can't well, say that
1: so that, but that's not that. See, this is where I get confused, though. All these people who say, "Cause you, you, you said that in the past that right. Eli has helped Eli they were, this year was they were, holding them
0: back from wins." Yeah, they were losing football games,
1: be, right? But so, if that's your reasoning, if that's a main reason for why you think that he, you know, should not be the quarterback come next year, then what exactly is the answer to winning a game 30 to 27 where your defense didn't play particularly well. They played good at, they played well at times and then they played very poorly at times in the last, since the bye week they're averaging 29 points a game. Right. In which, which they haven't done in, in years. In, in, right. And and they've gone, uh, you know, three and one in that stretch. They're actually averaging. I just texted you this the other night they're actually averaging the most points in the NFC East, which isn't saying a lot because the NFC East has been poor, but they lead the NFC East in points per game. I think it's like 22.5. I don't, I just, I don't know if I get it. I don't know if I understand the, sl- what. Pe- some people just think that it's a slam dunk answer to just say Eli's done. And but I they're don't last,
0: David, they're last in the NFC East in the standings. So what does it matter? It doesn't matter.
1: You really do you really think that you're gonna you plug in Justin Herbert and they're not last in the NFC East? Oh, I
0: think there's a chance that there's a chance that absolutely happens. But that's not that's not the point. If Eli Manning is 24 years old playing like this, you don't give up on him. If Eli Manning is 30, Eli Manning did play probably this poorly somewhere around, you know a few years into his career or even in his early thirties, there were years that Eli Manning still was technically in his prime and he played bad and you stuck with him because that makes sense because he's your franchise quarterback. Sorry. At this point, it's the definition of insanity change. It's the same thing with Tom Coughlin. It's the same thing with Tom Coughlin. At that point, you knew that Eli had years left and you knew that he still had time on this football team. It's the same scenario with Tom Coughlin, where even though, let's just say, two, three years from now, we still may be a losing football team because we mishandled the quarterback situation last year in the draft, or we just can't find another good quarterback to replace Eli. And then a lot of people are going to be saying, we shouldn't have let Eli go, or we shouldn't have asked him to retire as soon as we did. Well, you want to know what? Because people have said that about Coughlin. We shouldn't have never let ask Coughlin to go. Well, you want to know what you were probably the same person back in 2015 saying that Coughlin's got to go. So, you know, hey, you know, it's tough. It's tough. But definition of, definition of insanity. We're gonna we're gonna transition from this. Are you, you cool with that? Question. Let me ask right, you a simple question. question then I want to move That's on. I, I haven't even given out my game balls, David.
1: That's true. You haven't. Who's the starting quarterback in twenty
0: in 2019? Gee, you you want you want me to answer that question right now?
1: It's a first and last name. It's a very simple answer.
0: Who would, I'm not, we're not, we're okay not, let me I let refuse. Me, let, me this, <sighs>
1: let me say this, let me say this. Let me change the question then. Is the starting quarterback in 2019
0: Eli Manning? Uh, I mean. Who, what do you think? What do I want to happen or what, what do, do I think? think? Knowing the Giants, Eli Manning will probably may start at the quarterback next year. That's good to year. me. Knowing the Giants. Um, I hope and I pray and it's what keeps me up at night. My game ball that I'm giving is to our friend. Aldrich Rosas.
1: Uh, you know, I was thinking him too. I was thinking about him too. He's been a beast. He's been a stud.
0: Um, 57-yard field goal at the end of the half, which was the difference in the football game. I mean, really. That's the moment. I mean, the Giants celebrated that kick like they won the Super Bowl. It was I kind I, of
1: – No one's talking about this. Does anybody realize that that's, that's the longest kick in franchise history?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I feel like nobody's talked about that. That's really impressive. Like let's talk about that really quick. Like this is a very long history we're talking about.
0: Nineteen twenty-five and, and
1: also fifty-seven yards for a franchise long is actually not very long.
0: But yeah, it's it's tough to kick in MetLife, or yeah. it's it's tough to kick in the <laughs> Meadowlands. Excuse me, Meadowlands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, continue. What was I going to say? Um. Last year, this was a, he was bad last year. <laughs> he was, he was a bad kicker everything last year. Was. He was also, yeah, everything was. He was also, I mean, he was also a rookie. Um, You know, what I love is Pat Shermer's comments that you could have technically considered them to be uh shots at Odell Beckham Jr. Where uh he doesn't care if he has a, if he had a good night's sleep, doesn't care if he's hydrated. Because remember how a few weeks yes. ago, you know, there was a whole talk of, you know, Booger booger McFarland again, um oh. I used to pee myself on the sideline. Beckham has to go back to the locker room to get IV. And Schirmer had to say, no, that wasn't a shot at Beckham. But anyway, he was talking about Aldrich Ross, lost, lost, and again, making everything about Odell Beckham Jr. That The initial quote was about Aldrich Rosas, and he went on to say, um, it's my perception of things. We're in an age now where sports science rules. I'm from an age where it didn't matter how much sleep you got. It didn't matter what you did. You come to work and you perform. That's what I see in Rosas. I like kickers that are actual football players. He's a big, tough guy who's kicked the ball well for us, and he's also made some special teams tackles. Have you seen him run down the field during I kickoffs? I, I haven't. I can't think of anything on top of my head. He, I think it w- it it had to be this past weekend where I saw him and he made a tackle. That's great. At least he pushed it. a guy to bounce. He's a freaky looking dude too. Like yeah. he's a freaky looking dude. He's a, he's an intense. You don't guy. want
1: to walk up on him in like a dark alley.
0: No, and I'm not saying he. I'm not saying that he's like intimidating or scary. Well, I but think he's intimidating. He, he's big. He's a, but he's a freaky he's looking
1: guy. He's the most Jack special teams player we've had since Steve Weatherford.
0: I, I think I'm bigger than like I'm a like I'm a unit. You know, Just I, can, I consider myself. I consider myself a unit. I've been told I'm a unit. Um, but uh, yeah. So some interesting quotes on Alja Grossas that he doesn't need any water. I think I'm also pronouncing his name wrong. Isn't it like Alder? Or I have it's it's no, Aldrich. I, I, it I have no clue. Anyway, if that's I get, what he, I've been saying. Anyway, uh, kickers don't really matter. So I, he he gets the game ball. Um, he was the difference. Without that kick, I don't think the Giants catch the momentum. I don't think they complete any kind of comeback, and I don't think they win the football game. So he also had the game-winning field goal in overtime. So yes. six points attributed to him equals a Giants win. Um, Pro Bowler. So, you mentioned a few of your um, honorable mentions. You mentioned Saquon. You mentioned the entire offensive line. Um, Alec Ogletree. Yeah. Two big time interceptions. He had the highest pro football focus grade. Or, I'm sorry, excuse me. He tied his highest pro football focus grade in his career with a 91 point something. He had a pass coverage grade of 92 this past week, which is insane. that second interception that he had, holy mackerel! What a catch that was! Mm-hmm. Um, and he has been—I don't know who switched. Uh, I don't know if Ray Lewis is a is in a Giants uniform in, in number fifty-two these past few weeks, but still looking like a bad trade overall. But at least he's uh, he's brought us some some. Yeah, good what moments. I love,
1: what I really liked about what he did this past week was also he had such a bad game against the Eagles. Um pretty much was the single-handed reason why the giants allowed the fourth and three conversion i think it was on the drive where the eagles kicked the game winning field goal he was just not where where he was supposed to be and his man is the one who ended up making the catch um he just played just played good instinctual football he he was just in the right spot um he saved the touchdown on the one-handed interception, his second one. And he provided the only score, the only touchdown of the first half for the Giants. He, he basically is the, is the single reason why that game was not over at halftime. Right. So I, as much as you say, Aldrich Rosas provided them the opportunity to get back into the game, I think Alec Ogletree did too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Alec Ogletree kind of kept him in the game. Aldrich Rosas got the momentum going in the Giants' yeah, way. that's true. So. That's way of putting it. I have a few more honorable mentions. BJ Hill. Yeah. Three sacks, three sacks, three tackles, two tackles for loss, and especially finding ways to pass the rusher in a three, four system as a defensive end is not an easy thing to do. Speaking from experience. Um, but again, you know, this is just uh Pat Shermer and Dave, Dave, Gellman, Pat Shermer and James Betcher prioritizing the development of these young guys. And, you know, it's one week where I feel like we're saying, "Oh, Lorenzo Carter had some good moments," and then we're saying, "Oh, B.J. Hill had some really good moments," and Dal- Dalvin Tomlinson uh, really. I'm not going to I'm not going to give him an honorable mention for a game ball, but he had the highest pro football focus grade for the defensive lineman this game, and he had some really really good plays from the interior, uh, stopping the rush. So good job. Yeah, and,
1: also, and also, Olivier Vernon had a good game too. I mean, he's been he's been so in the doghouse. I think with everybody. Yeah, but he's um, been bad. I, like, yeah, but we're, and we're praising Al Levy Livy Vernon the two sacks um this past Sunday. He didn't do much more outside of that, but he did what he was supposed to do. You know, he he got to the quarterback, he he was disruptive and he just no stupid penalties. <laughs> yeah. I, it's pretty sad at this point that 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 deserves in my book at least some kind of a mention is that he didn't he wasn't penalized for anything. But that that is how bad he's been. But even everybody, everybody on that team from top to bottom, with the exception of one player who I'm going to mention, I think played a very good football game, if not probably collectively their best football game of the year.
0: Justin. I have one more honorable mention to give out, but go ahead, ask me this question. My question is,
1: you know what, you go ahead with your honorable mention because we're going to go from good to bad. So Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, my last honorable mention, um, Dave. You mentioned pulling blockers before, yeah. And this has been something that I've been getting really, really giddy about. Will Hernandez mm-hmm. has looked awesome pulling out in space, using his aggression. Aggression. Him and Solder have gelled really well on the left side. I would say the only disadvantage he has is in his arm length, like the length of his arms, um, because in terms of you know defensive tackles and defenders. Once they fully extend him to the point of attack, uh, it puts him in an extreme disadvantage because he has really short arms. But his footwork, his aggression, head hunting, pulling around, um, you know, pulling around as a guard—it's been his awareness has been really, really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, and when, you,
1: and when you combine that ability to pull and just get get you know, as they say, a hat on a hat, and just. Take care of the man in front of you, and you combine that with the patience and the vision of Saquon Barkley and the acceleration. It's just a nasty, really dangerous combo that I think we're finally starting to see really come to fruition with just all of these six yard runs, eight yard runs. I mean, obviously, he's going to break off a 25 yarder here and there. But what's really changed the running game and the offense as a whole, in my opinion, is Saquon Barkley's ability to consistently get four to six yards. Right, it's not. It's not even so much in the thirty yard gains. It's, it's and you want to know why mid mid range yard carries.
0: And you want to know why? Because I finally think that, you know, we. I feel like this is such a common phrase this these past few weeks that this is finally the Giants' offense that we've been promised. And again, one of the things I said that I was excited to see from Pat Shermer at the beginning of the year is common sense play calling. Enough with the three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back package. Give me some packages where we have two tight ends, three tight ends, a fullback, two wide receivers, You know, uh, I formation. You know, we've seen. And you met again, you mentioned this before, but you know, Simonson. Who the hell is Simonson? He's a blocking tight end, and hell, that that's what. Well, it's what is what is damn doing? Yeah, yeah it's giving <laughs> giving Saquon the opportunity to make those four to six yard gains easier giving him you know just giving him more space right instead of just asking him to run into a wall and then he feels like he's forced to bounce everything out and he's forced to swivel and run east and west instead of north and south so pat Shermer has really given saquon the keys of the kingdom because i feel like the personnel has been so 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 much better these past two weeks
1: there's finally a coach who understands that you coach to your personnel you don't try to you don't make your personnel coach the way you want to coach um with Odell Beckham yeah you'd love to be able to air it out you know you'd you'd love people to throw the ball 35 times a game but that's just not what this team that's not what this team should be built on this team should be built on the run first and play action but that's been the case for a very long time with this team
0: right that scares okay, so. me. Though. It's it's kind of scaring me how much we're giving the ball to Saquon. But that's a that's a topic for another week. Go ahead. Well, you
1: know what? If you you draft him second overall, and whether you liked it or disliked it, I would be upset if I didn't see my number two overall pick getting usage. That's this is what this is what you connect them for though.
0: very scary. You, you Believe
1: he can do it, and you gotta you gotta hope. And the point is, yeah, I agree. It's scary, but look, Sam Darnold's hurt too. Players can get hurt. It's the NFL, and Saquon Barkley's been by far the best player in the draft. So, let me ask you a question. Regards, in regards to the offseason and next season, what the hell do the Giants do with Landon Collins?
0: Oh, yeah, he hasn't been great. Landon
1: Collins. This past Sunday is the, the. I mentioned one player who I thought did not have, did not put his best performance forward. He had a very, very bad game on Sunday, and he's been off and on. He'll make a Landon Collins, you know, a 2016 Landon Collins play. And then he'll make a 2015 Landon Collins play the very next down. He's been very hit or missed, but this past Sunday was probably one of his worst that I can that I was really able to come up with. And it's pretty bad I was at the game. And it's pretty sad when, you know, in the stands, you know this, Justin, it can be hard to see ins and outs and who's really getting beat consistently and who's making tackles, who's missing tackles. He missed a lot of tackles. He was beat by Tariq Cohen. I can count three times off the top of my head. One of them was the Ogletree pick. That was Ogletree. the big, yeah, that was Ogletree the, bailed him out. that was how the Bears got back into the football game. And then yeah, and then it was two wheel routes to Tariq Cohen. And I understand Tariq is very hard to cover. That that's who he is. He's he's fast, but come come on. It it, can't, it, it looked like he had no idea it was coming. Yeah. Um, let
0: me let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Um Andrew Adams had a couple interceptions with uh, oh, Tampa Bay this past weekend. Um and you wanna I mean, I feel like Landon Collins gets a lot of um he's getting a lot of hate recently when Curtis Riley is kind of just slipping under the radar because of the fact that he's Curtis Riley and nobody gives two shits about Curtis Riley. If the Giants have somewhat of a better free safety on this football team, because again, Landon Collins, we know what Landon Collins is. Landon Collins is a physical, strong side safety who is going to help you in the run game and he's going to hunt for the ball.
1: I've seen people actually mention that the Giants should look at moving him to linebacker.
0: Yeah. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know about that. Like, you know, if obviously if he had the size, I, I don't know about that, but let's not get too ahead of ourselves, I'm just, but, I'm
1: just putting it out there.
0: No, no, no. I, I, don't, I, I don't
1: necessarily agree. I just, right.
0: Right. And I, and I know that, but people on Twitter have been saying that, but again, you know, this is a team sport and Landon Collins because of certain personnel choices and because of the lack of, uh, secondary and particularly safety depth the Giants have Landon Collins has been asked to probably do things that he otherwise would not typically be asked to do that's cover speedy running backs I would prefer Landon Collins to be covering deep down the middle of the field and surveying and the you know the landscape over there and go hunting for the ball or even covering a tight end or even covering you know tight ends because you know he's physical and I feel like he can keep up with them and I feel like he can do a much better job than Alec Ogletree I don't necessarily think these past few years, I could be wrong. um, Tell me I'm wrong if I am, but I don't necessarily think that he would typically be asked to cover speedy running backs. If we could trust a free safety to do that as well. And if we had, you know, and and again, because how much we, how much we rely on certain players. And again, this all goes, goes back to play calling and, trust that a coach has in a team right that that's my perspective if you know if Andrew Adams was still on this football team and he was still producing the way that a lot of fans thought he could produce but apparently the team didn't think he could and Curtis Riley wasn't on this team and he's been abysmal uh him and BW have been terrible but um, BW
1: manages to make a player two every week that helps
0: he just consistently is is poor never wears his like, mouthpiece I mean, by the way did you did you know that like he never wears he, his
1: mouthpiece and he never he never um he never clips his helmet yeah,
0: was... i'm like dude you're gonna get hurt no it's i think he does it for like a like i seriously think he does it for like a fashion statement
1: well it's stupid
0: yeah okay um, um david, yeah, no, david, david 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 what, 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 what any we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up uh-huh. um but that first so i know this is a lot of fun but first um we are playing the Redskins of uh, the District of Columbia in Landover, Maryland this Sunday, December 9th at 1 pm. Um, what will happen? Will we win? Will we lose? What will happen? And also give us your final thoughts.:
1: Honestly, I think they are going to I, I think they're going to blow the Redskins out. Whoa. I think I never say that. I never have belief in this team. And I not for years have I actually believed they could ever blow a team out. And I don't think I've seen that in a very long time, but I think they're going to be greatly aided by the fact that it's Mark Sanchez going up against. They played the Redskins. Well, a couple weeks ago in, in New York, they did nothing offensively, but their defense had a very good game against Alex Smith and against the, the full, Redskins' uh, offense. I think this offense is starting to click. I really think this team understands that their bread and butter is Saquon Barkley, play action pass, pulling guards, two tight ends, Elijah Penny. I think they understand where this team where this team is. And when they when these two teams met in uh, at MetLife a couple weeks ago, I think it was probably Eli's worst game worst game of the season. He threw two picks to. I forget what his name is uh, safety for uh, the Redskins. I don't remember what his name is um, through two picks to him. He got, he was sacked a bunch of times. He just looked scared. I think this is a much more confident giants offense. I think I'm thinking 28, 10, 31, 10, dare I say they get over 30 for two straight games. Dare I say it? I'm going to say it. I dare. I think, something like that. I I think
0: it's a blowout. I think the New York Football Giants will also win their fifth game of the season. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout. I thought the Bears' game plan was very interesting because what they were doing the first half is they were relying on their front four to get to Eli, and it wasn't working. And then Eli was just freaking out because he couldn't find anybody open. So... It was it was weird. It was weird. They actually they started to get to him a little bit in the second half because they were running some interesting stunts that that threw the Giants for a loop. But Redskins are a team that bl- that blitz, and I feel like we haven't really played a team. I mean, again, I could be wrong. I don't have NFL Game Pass, David. Maybe you can look back and watch these last few games. <laughs> sure, I just got NFL Game um, Pass. Yeah. So NFL Game Pass. Um, I don't think we've played a team that's really really blitzed Eli like. The Saints did like the Cowboys did like the Redskins have done. So it'll be interesting to see again, how, you know, chemistry it's there. You know, I have said the Bill Parcells quote before on this podcast before about offensive line and teams in the NFL in two days game don't really gel until the month of November just because of the limited amount of time they have to practice. Well, it's November and December and the Giants have finally started to play somewhat good football so we'll see how they've adjusted we'll see how much they've changed um and we'll see i'm going to be interested to see how the redskins come out and play because dude how tough oh it's, how it's awful it's so tough the fact that colt mccoy who ha- the redskins keep on finding ways to find backup quarterbacks that are serviceable between going from rg3 to kirk cousins and then you know kirk cousins to colt mccoy and then Alex Smith back to Colt McCoy again and they're both and they're all kind of serviceable that you still feel like you have a chance to win the game the fact that happened to him too oh it's terrible yeah, it's terrible tough. so it's going to be interesting to see how they come out and play I, I feel like
1: this Redskins team especially coming in like where they are right now offensively they're reeling at this point they're they're in full retreat mode um losing their they losing their once pretty Steady grip of of the division. They're quickly falling out of, you know, the debate. Redskin, you know, whether it's Cowboys, Eagles, quickly falling out of that debate. um I yeah, I I actually think them playing at home is to their disadvantage. In this kind of situation, you almost need something to rally around, and sometimes what that is, at least as a Giants fan, I've watched a lot of opposing teams come in and do this in that live stadium sometimes it's easier to rally around the fact that you're away and all you got to each other and you know we all we got we all we need and i i, I just i just envision the giants walking into fedex field kind of having some fun for
0: the first time we shall see all right so i'll give a score um 24 16
1: not comfortable going more than one score
0: no, 24-16. There's gonna be some fuel, there's gonna be some field goals in there. The Giants are gonna bend but don't break, and 24-16. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be somewhat of a close game, but maybe not really. Um, so that's gonna wrap it up. Um, this is my final week in Washington, DC. I will no longer be a transplant Giants fan for now. So I'm gonna be home for a while. I'm gonna be going to two Giants games. I have some fun things planned in my brain for what I want to do for the giants, with bleeding blue. So stay tuned for that. I have, you know, it's going to be exciting. So please follow me on Twitter. If you're a fan, um, if you don't have Twitter, create a Twitter, follow me because I'm (coughs) going to have some exciting things to announce. And I just want to have some fun. That's, that's, that's the whole, that's the whole point of this is to have some fun. So, uh, keep on bleeding blue, Everybody, go Giants, go Giants, go Giants. Go Yankees, go Yankees, go Yankees. Screw Patrick Corbin. Go to the Nationals. Relax, Take your money. Relax. Peace out, everybody.